Hi, everybody. This is Brian McCumber here with Tech Money Talks, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the free mini course that you signed up for, how to get a high-paying job without having a degree. So let's get started. Now, let's go over the mini course curriculum checklist. In the first module, we're going to cover high-paying jobs that most demand that hardly anybody is talking about. In this module, we'll cover recent case studies that reveal the facts about what's going on in the job market. Then in module two, we'll cover the easiest high-paying entry-level jobs that companies are desperate to fill. We'll cover the easiest job for you to get your foot in the door and the fastest way to get hired. In module three, we'll cover the critical skills that most employers and recruiters can't find enough people with. We'll cover the hottest skills that most companies and hiring managers are wishing they found more people with. And finally, in module four, we'll cover the easiest way to get a job quickly without having a degree. We'll dive into the industry secrets and the easiest way for you to quickly get a high paying job. Now, so let's get started. Welcome to module one, high paying jobs in most demand that hardly anyone is talking about. In this module, we'll cover a case study revealing the facts. Then we'll dive into the industry with the most high demand jobs. And then we'll cover the top five high paying jobs that you can actually do today. Now, let's start off with the case study here. This was a case study done by Harvard Business School a few years ago, and it's called Bridge the Gap. And basically what they did is they researched with over 800 HR departments across the country. And in interviewing uh, each of the HR departments, they basically found that there's what they call a middle skills gap. And what that means is it's not no skills, but it's not high skills either. It's middle ground. And what it is is basically that there's not enough people with the skills to fill the demand for the jobs that are available in this country. And it's become a big issue. And there's basically more demand for people with middle skills than there are people to actually fill the jobs. And it's become a major, major issue, but it's also a major, major opportunity for people who want to take advantage of it. And that's what I'm here to teach you. Over the past 30 years, major changes in the labor market require employees, employers to rethink about their hiring and require educators to rethink about how they're educating people. Most Technical jobs require more training than a high school diploma, but it's also less than a four-year college degree. Gartner Research says 1.4 million computer jobs in the U.S. by 2020, creating a talent shortage that universities won't be able to fill. Now, what this means is that there's not enough 
people to fill the demand and universities are not even creating enough people talented enough to fill the jobs in demand. And this is referring to computer jobs, but I also related to technology. And when it comes to the technology as an industry, I'd say the numbers have been more than 1.4 million jobs. A high school degree is no longer the ticket to the middle class and the success in life. Yet, pushing to get a four-year degree after high school is not the answer either. The answer is in technology. Technical skills needed to be hired in today's workforce. And this can be done without a degree. Now, let's go over this example. Let's say a person that has a degree, but they have no skills and no experience. That leads them to where it's hard to get a high paying job. And most people are unhappy about that. And you may see some of those people where you see graduates that are paying big tuition, they have big debt, college debt, and they graduate, but they're unable to find a job. You may know some of those people, and some of those people might even be you. So this is a common scenario where they have a degree, but they have no skills, no experience, and it's hard to get a high-paying job, and that really sucks. Now, let's look at the second level. Now, somebody with no degree, but they do have skills, and they do have experience. That leads them to actually getting a high-paying job, and they're happy about it. And those are people that are actually working, and uh, that's a scenario where you, if you have skills and experience, that is worth a little bit more than the degree. Now, let's go to the third example. Let's say you take somebody with no degree, no skills, and no experience, and that basically leads you to not having a chance to having a high paying job. So that leaves you with nothing. So you don't even want to be in that category. But the moral of this story is that skills and experience is what you want to focus on. Build up the skills and experience and you can have the skills and experience and you can get that high paying job. So that's something that you want to focus on. Now, don't get me wrong. A degree helps, but it's not required to get a high paying job in technology. So a degree is good. And if you have the chance to get a degree, I say do that. But if you don't want to uh, accumulate a lot of money as, as far as college debt and then, um, you know, wait for, you know, four years, uh, then what you could do is pursue specific skills and something that you can acquire and get done within a matter of a couple of months as opposed to four years. So that's something to think about. Now let's talk about the top five technology jobs that uh, are available. So let's start off with one. We have the programmer, which is also called the software developer. It's a person that codes. Then we have the business analyst that uh, 
takes requirements, translates it, and communicates it uh, into technical design documents and things like that. So they they're the kind of the middleman between the business stakeholder and the developer. Then we have DevOps engineer. So a DevOps engineer is the person that's uh, kind of like a systems administrator, but also uh, works on the deployments and migrations and scripting and things like that. Then we have the digital marketer. This is the person that has the skills to use social media um, to, to market and advertise uh, companies in a very creative and modern way. Um, and also apply SEO strategies and search engine optimization, stuff like that. Um, then we also have the quality assurance tester. So the tester is a person that validates that things are working the way it should. So that uh, websites that you're clicking on and going from page to page actually works. Our phone apps actually work, things like that. Now let's review the top technology jobs in this quadrant here. So it's broken down between coding to little coding to no coding at all. And then on the on the uh, x-axis at the bottom, we have easy, medium, and hard. And that's kind of the the uh, what it takes to actually acquire the skills uh, for that job function. So as we can see here, we have the software developer that's in the upper right-hand quadrant, and you can see that it acquires uh, a lot of coding, of course, because you're a software developer, but uh, it's also more towards the harder side to acquire. Um, so it takes somebody with the skills to, to learn, and you gotta uh, have the passion to want to do that. So being a software developer, you want the passion to, to do that. Now we have the DevOps engineer. So the DevOps engineer uh, does do coding and scripting, um, but not as much day to day. Um, so it's a less it's less hard uh, to acquire than a software developer. Then underneath there, we have the digital marketer. So the digital marketer, um, may have a little bit of scripting here and there. So it's underneath the uh, little coding, but it's also it also makes it a little bit easier. It's not hard anymore. It's just kind of like middle ground as far as the skills to acquire. Underneath there, we have the business analyst and the business analyst, uh, yeah, pretty much doesn't require uh, any coding skills, maybe just like an understanding of it. Um, to know about the, you know, uh, requirements and then technical design documents and things like that. Um, so the business analyst um, requires less uh, of a need for, for coding, more for documenting, and it's kind of middle ground as far as the, uh, what it takes to acquire uh, the skills for this job function. Then we have in the lower left-hand corner, the QA tester which stands for Quality Assurance Tester. Um, this requires uh, little to no coding to do. Um, it's pretty much, you know, being like a user, um, testing as if you're a user of technology, 
and uh, so it's a little bit easier because it's it's uh, it's skills that you're probably already doing day to day as you use websites, you use phone apps, and uh, different things like that. Um, it's it's natural skills that you already have, so it's a little bit more towards the easy quadrant to pick up that the skills for that job function. Now, let's look at the entry level average salary for each of these. As you can see, um, which is highlighted in red, that we have each of these that are ranging around $60,000 a year and up for each of these job functions. So these are the top five that I listed, and we're looking at about $60,000 a year and up for each of these. And this is entry level meaning that you're just starting out and you're hired in as a beginner. And this is basically you're starting out in the middle of the middle class, a good solid salary where you're earning about $1,000 a week. Now, just imagine earning $1,000 a week. Um, I think for most people just starting out, that's really good, don't you think? Now... I didn't just pull these numbers out of thin air. I actually did the research here. So I'm going to go over the slides that actually show the research for each of these. So here I queried entry level software developer. And this is the average salary here, which I put down, which was $80,000 a year for a software developer. Then surprisingly, we have the uh, entry level DevOps engineer where the starting salary is 99000 per year. And if you notice, look at just underneath there, it says 25% below the national average, which is amazing. So it means an entry-level DevOps, because there's so much demand for a DevOps engineer, um, that the starting salary is really high, and you can even start in a six-figure income uh, because there's so much demand. So that's pretty cool. Now, here's the uh, entry-level salary for a digital mark marketer. So 59000 which is basically 60000 a year. And uh, to do, you know, social media, SEO, marketing, things like that, kind of the fun stuff that people would like to do um, I think that's pretty cool and you got a good starting salary. So that's a, that's a good, uh, job to pick up and a good salary. You're earning about a thousand dollars a week. Now here's a ent entry level business analyst and the salary is $73,000 per year. So you're earning a little bit more than a thousand dollars a week and you're doing, uh, uh, job functions, you know, related to requirements, uh, gathering, documenting, things like that. Um, but typically the role of the business analyst also grows into uh, future roles like a project manager um, is typically uh, one path that the business analyst will take. Um, so typically, you know, the entry level business analyst has has a really good career path that takes them further into other job functions. So this is a good starting salary. Now here we have the entry level 
QA tester salary, which is starting at $60,000 a year on average. And it's a, that's a little bit below the national average. And that, like I said before, you're basically earning $1,000 a week. And that's an awesome salary for anybody to, uh, to have if you're just starting out. I mean, don't you think? All right. Welcome to module two, the easiest high paying entry level job that companies are desperate to fill. In this module, we're going to cover the easiest job to get your foot in the door. We're going to cover a little known thing called quality assurance. And we're going to cover using the natural skills that you already have to get that job you've been looking for. There's a little industry secret that almost nobody is talking about, and it's the easiest way to break in to a technology career. It's called being a QA tester. And QA stands for quality assurance. It's the easiest way to enter into a technology career. Now, what does a QA tester do? A QA tester performs software testing to verify it meets specific requirements and desired results. In simple terms, it means just making sure that the technology works. You know, like I said before, you know, does the phone app work? You're already using a smartphone. Does the app work appropriately? When you swipe left or swipe right, does it actually work? When you press a button, does it actually work? Does the website work? If you're on the actual website, when you click on the button, uh, when you click on the link, does it work? Um, does the tablet work, right? Uh, so the apps that you use on the, on the tablet or, you know, the swiping features, clicking, things like that, you know, that type of day-to-day -day usability uh, job function, you know, those things that you're already doing. And this is why I said testing is using the natural skills you already have. You already use websites and you already use smartphones, which basically means you already use technology, which is the natural skills of the QA tester. This means you have the ability you have the ability to get the high paying job and all you need to do is learn the specific skills that the companies are looking for. So this is an important slide here because I think this is where people begin to doubt themselves, where they think a career in technology or to have a job in technology that you have to be really smart. Um, or that it's only for really smart people or gurus or for coders and things like that. And it's, uh, it's kind of a myth or misunderstanding that most people have. And that's why I'm sharing this mini course. And that's why I want to stop and take a moment to elaborate on this slide, which is that just think about it. You have the ability, you know, like I said, do you already use websites? Yes or no? And the answer is yes, I'd guess. Do you have a smartphone and do you use it? Most likely, yes. Do you have a tablet? Most likely, yes. 
So yeah, you use a computer, you use a smartphone, you use a tablet, you use different things like that. And these are most of the things that you'd be working with uh, as a QA tester. And it means that you're already doing it. You have the natural skills, which means you have the ability. So the next step is that, okay, you learn the specific skills that the companies are looking for since you already have that natural ability. And that's what we're going to go into. Module three, welcome to module three, critical skills that most employers and recruiters can't find enough people with. In this module, we're going to cover the critical skills in demand, what employers are looking for, what recruiters can't find enough of. Here are the non-technical skills, the critical non-technical skills that are in demand, and it's essential for every good software tester. Now, let's start with the first one, analytical skills. A good software tester should have sharp analytical skills. Next, communication skills. A good software tester must have good verbal and written communication skills. And then third, organizational skills. A good software tester should be efficient in managing their workload and having high productivity and do good time management and organizational skills. Those are the top three non-technical skills that are in demand for a QA tester. Now let's cover the critical technical skills that are in demand. And this is essential for being a good software tester. The first is knowing about the test management tools. Without proper test management techniques, the software testing would fail. So you wanna be proficient in the testing tools that are available for the QA tester. Next is the automation tools. You wanna learn about the tools used to automate tests. This will label you as what they call an automation tester. And it's kind of like the second level of the tester where you're not just a manual tester, but now you're an automation tester, which makes you that much more in demand compared to other people. Third, defect tracking tools. It's critical to managing defects and properly tracking them in a systematic manner. Defect tracking is important because throughout the project and the software development lifecycle, which is a technical term, which means that throughout the working process that you're going to have defects or bugs that you need to keep track of. So you need to know that, okay, a bug is open. Who's working on it? Who's going to fix it? Things like that. Um, so you need to be able to track those things, and that's where the tracking tool is very important. Now, why is testing so important? Well, testing is important for a lot of reasons. Um, 
it saves lives. It saves money. It saves from loss. It helps people. And testing makes the world a better place. So we got a video here that I want to show you that goes into what software testing is. And I think it's a good example. Um, so let me play this video for you guys. One second, let me open it up. What is software testing? Software testing is a process to identify the correctness, completeness, and quality of developed computer software. It includes a set of activities conducted with the intent of finding errors in software so that it could be corrected before the product is released to the end users. In simple words, software testing is an activity to check that the software system is defect-free. Why is testing important? This is China Airlines Airbus A300 crashing due to a software bug on April 26, 1994, killing 264 innocent lives. Software bugs can potentially cause monetary and human loss. History is full of such examples. In 1985, Canada's Therac-25 radiation therapy machine malfunctioned due to a software bug and delivered lethal radiation doses to patients, leaving three people dead and critically injuring three others. In April of 1999, a software bug caused the failure of a $1.2 billion military satellite launch, the costliest accident in history. In May of 1996, a software bug caused the bank accounts of 823 customers of a major U.S. bank to be credited with 920 million U.S. dollars. As you see, testing is important because software bugs can be expensive or even dangerous. As Paul Ehrlich puts it, to err is human, but to really foul things up, you need a computer. <clears throat> All right. So with that, I hope it uh, kind of taught the importance of the software testing. So you saw some examples, and those are real case studies there that uh that actually happened so real events because uh um testing or testing had failed um so you know how important it is and it's important in many different areas and many different industries um so so like this slide says employers from all industries are looking for qa testers so uh, just like that video pointed out from airlines to automotives to financial industry to healthcare, um, so many different uh, industries need somebody to test to verify that things work. So it's a very important job and it's needed across all industries. And this is what most people don't know about. Um, so employers are looking for QA testers. Uh, but they can't find enough people to do the job. So here are three critical skills companies are looking for as a uh, QA tester. Functional testing. Um, so it's a skill that uh, contains uh, 
steps like unit testing, integration testing, smoke testing, and user acceptance testing. Um, um, because this is a mini course, I'm not going to be able to go into the details of each of these, but I'm just kind of highlighting uh, some of these so that you know to do your own research uh, if you choose to go off on your own. Second is the non-functional testing. That relates to performance testing, load testing, scalability testing. And like I said, you can find some more detail online uh, just by doing a search on those key terms. Uh, finally, there's regression testing, which is you know basically making sure things are working the way they should as before. Um, so there's regression testing and maintenance testing. Um, which is basically maintaining what exists and testing that things are working fine. Um, so each of these, this is a slide where, um, because this is a mini course, I can't dive into the details here. Um, I do that in other courses that I have. Um, but here you can uh, uh, take these terms and, and do your own research. Now we have recruiters that have a hard time finding qualified people to work as QA testers. They are constantly on the lookout for more people and it's because the demand is so high. Now think about it, because the demand for people is high, that's exactly why the salary for QA testers are high. Does that make sense? So if there's a high demand, and low supply, meaning that there's a lot of employers, companies, recruiters looking for people, high demand for people, but there's a shortage of people with the skills to fill the jobs. That means companies that want to bring people in to work for them, they're going to be paying more. They're going to be adding more perks. They're going to be doing other things to make it more attractive for people to come work for them and to use their skills in their company. And that makes it beneficial for you if you have the skills and if you are taking advantage of the opportunities. Does that make sense? So you have the opportunity now because of the market, because the job market is so hot and in demand for QA testers, that you have the ability to take advantage of the opportunity. Make sense? Now, let's dive into module number four, the easiest way to get a job quickly without having a degree. What you'll discover in this module is the easiest way to get skilled as a QA tester. We're going to cover the fastest path to get a QA job, and we're going to cover what it takes to getting hired as a QA tester. The easiest way for you to get skilled as a QA tester is available for free online. There's multiple sources, and all you have to do is just even just type in the, the terms of searching for it. You're going to find it for free online. Online skilled training is the fastest way for you to learn. You don't need to have a four-year degree for you to pick up specific skills that are needed that you can acquire within a matter of weeks.
there are paid training online courses as well, and they are really good. So you want the paid training as well because it helps keep you accountable and it's a little bit more structured to help you move throughout the process to acquire the skills that are necessary. So online free training is good, but then the paid training I'd say is even a little bit better because it helps keep you accountable. And I've noticed that too. Like even when I, uh, if there was anything that I actually, you know, paid something for all of a sudden it's valuable to me. You know, I want to make sure I get my money's worth. So I'm going to take action and I'm going to follow through as opposed to if it was just free information that I may not take action because, well, it was free. If it didn't work out, so what? Um, there's, you know, there's that type of mentality that goes on when you look at free and paid. Um, and that's why I say think about the paid online training because I think it uh, helps keep up, keep people accountable. Make sense? Now, this is the ladder to actually get to that job. So these are the steps that you want to take to, to actually get to that job, which is number one, learn QA tester skills. And like I said, online training is the fastest way for you to pick up those skills. Then step number two, once you learn these skills, you want to then validate the skills that you just learned. You want to be able to prove that you know what you say you know. And there are opportunities to do that. Um, through some of the paid online training uh, courses, there's one company called uh, Pluralsight where they have uh, the training and the uh, certifications that, that uh, you can earn to prove that you know uh, what you just learned, you know, comprehension tests. Uh, things that show that what you learn. There's also an organization that uh, gives uh, certifications related to testing. So there's certifications as the key to validating your skills. And it's something that you want to pursue after you learn the skills that you just picked up. Third is getting experience as a QA tester. So getting experience is the thing that you want to work towards uh, and it's something that helps when you're trying to get your foot in the door uh, with the company. And so after you have these three things, then you're going to be getting ready for the interview to get hired as a QA tester. Now, let's talk a little bit more about validating your skills. You validate your skills by picking up a certification in the testing field. This shows to the employer that you know the skills that you say that you know and that you have on your resume. So it's important that you validate your skills by picking up a certification. Now, the secret to getting experience as a QA tester, the companies are always asking, and maybe you experience this or not, but companies are always asking, I need somebody with three years experience. And then if you're just getting started because you want to be an entry level person, uh, you're like, well, I'm just getting started. How do I get experience if I don't have it? And it's that catch 22 and companies don't care. They just say, well, just come back to me when you have three years experience. And um, 
So this is where people get hung up and they give up and they move into a different field or they basically don't get that high paying job. They just get a low paying job that they're unhappy with. Now, the secret to getting experience as a QA tester, the most popular option is picking up freelance work. Build up that experience. Even though it's freelance work, it's uh, actually uh, building real experience that you can put on your resume as experience. Um, so what most people do is that they pick up freelance jobs that are available and you're able to pick up those jobs and add them to the experience on your resume. Now, here's a path to get in hired as a QA tester. This is from start to finish. You want to learn the skills of the QA tester. Learn online the skills of the QA tester. Next, validate your skills with certifications. Study and take the tests to get the certification. Next, build the experience freelancing. Build actual work experience so you can put that on your resume. And that leads to the next step. You want to then write a QA tester resume. Update your resume as a QA tester only. Remove all the previous non-tester experience. You want to have a resume that's structured as a QA tester and not as whatever uh, you know jobs or profession you were beforehand because you're making a career change and your resume has to read and show QA tester, not any other career. Finally, you want to prepare for that job interview. You want to prepare by having stories, examples, reviewing the top interview questions related for QA testing, and so on. So you want to prepare for that interview, but this is the path that you're going to take. So I want to thank you for being here and going through the free mini course. Hopefully this information was helpful and insightful. Um, basically what we covered is everything from uh, kind of showing that technology has high demand jobs, entry level, you're going to earn a top salary, at least earning $1,000 a week, which is $60,000 a year plus. And the easiest way for you to get your foot in the door, even if you wanted to be another uh, job function like DevOps or software developer, but you're still picking up your coding skills, but you still want to get your foot in the door with a company, um, QA tester is a good way to at least get in. And then you can, you can sort of evolve into a DevOps or evolve into a software developer if you choose to um but the real goal is to get your foot in the door get started get earning uh money as a technology career earning sixty thousand dollars a year um and you can do this without having a degree i hope i demonstrated that that you don't need that for your degree it helps if you have it but it's not necessary um the modern day now um, you can just you pick up the specific skills that are in most demand that companies are looking for. And if you build the experience and you structure your resume and prepare for the interview, um, you can be ready to um, 
to get hired. And you could do that within a matter of uh, two to three months as opposed to waiting for years. Um, so hopefully this was helpful. And if you like what you heard, uh, please uh, drop a note, send some feedback, and keep a lookout for some of the other uh, training materials that we're putting out there. I actually uh, have more information to share. I couldn't go into the details here because it's a mini course, um, but I have uh, other information available where we get into more details and the how-to and stuff that I call like blueprints, like actual detail of how you get started and how you write and how you do things and so on. So uh, hopefully this was helpful, but uh, yeah, drop a note and some feedback. If, uh, uh, if you can uh, do that, that'll be uh, very helpful to me. Thanks. Have a great day.